Blog Talk Radio.
Shalom, 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 and welcome to the show, Layla Tawab, which means good night or good evening in the ancient Paleo-Hebrew. I'm your host, your brother, your friend, as always, Tazapah, and uh, welcome to another episode, y'all, of For Your Information. So if it's your first time tuning in, um, we are the people of the book, the Hebrew Israelites, uh, Hebrew being our language, Israelite being our nationality. Uh, we prove this through uh, many sources, but all centered around the Bible. The so-called blacks and Hispanics um, and people of any descent scattered here through the Western Hemisphere are, in fact, the true chosen people of God, the people of the book, y'all. Um for FYI, y'all, I do two hours, and this class is entitled Purification, Man. And what it is is actually a, a baptism class, uh, but just very uh, extensive and more detailed, extensive and more detailed. We've done uh, several baptism classes. I know myself, I've done at least two or three, probably more than that. Uh, but. This one here, man, uh, I wanted to go very extensive with it uh, because in the Israelite community, baptism is one of those classes that we refer to as a basic class. Uh, it's basic in the, in the fact that if you are Israelite, call yourself an Israelite, then you should know what baptism really is. You should know this. But these so-called basic classes are really very uh, in-depth, deep classes, man, that uh, could rock someone's whole foundation uh, of their belief system. And um, usually, well, not usually, but always, is because of their ideology of religion, man. And that's what gets a lot of people jacked up when it comes to this topic. But anyway, y'all, um, I hope everybody is healthy now. I hope everybody is good. I hope everybody's in good spirits. Uh, and I want to say the water, man, for y'all supported blog talk. And, man, it's, <laughs> I didn't know how to feel about it at first, man. I got a confession. But um, <laughs> Mashaba would call me, and he'd be like, Shalom, Shalom, Shalom. And I, at first I was like, man, is this brother mocking me? <laughs> And then I, I hear I see other people hear other people do it like his rib hit me up with it, or die hit me up with it. My rib hit me up with it. I'm like, okay, it's, it's catchy, it's catchy, it's, it's catching on. That's that's become my signature, so I gotta embrace it. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm my I'm my worst critic, y'all. I'm my worst critic. Uh, at at times, I could be uh, what they call it self uh, not what they call it. Um, not self-confident. I guess that would be it. The fact that I don't know if I'm, like, you know, doing something right or doing something wrong. So I get caught up in that sometimes. So please forgive me, man, if I come off, um, you know, kind of mean or something like that, man. It's just my, um, what they call it, self-confidence, I guess, or uh, lack of self-confidence, I should say. Um, but the water for that, y'all. The water for that. That had to grow on me. <laughs> um, 
Let me go ahead and get into the show, man. Before I get started, I want to send shout out to our affiliated schools. The brothers here in San Antonio, led by the brother of War. The brothers down in H Town in Houston, led by the brother Quantazak, who um, hopefully, Lord willing, next weekend I'll be linking up with the brothers so we can take that um, journey to the summit down in um, Tampa, Florida, Lord willing. Um, but shout out to, to that brother. Shout out to uh, Kazakia up in VA, which uh, hopefully I'll be seeing him as well, Lord willing. Looking forward to that. Um, and all the brothers out there, and shout out to Zanala, no doubt. Looking forward to seeing him. The the uh, the the um, what they call it the the resident not resident the uh, the travel resident coordinator. Because <laughs> he's hooked up our state. He did it quick too, man. He be on it, man. I'm gonna have to get him to school me on on uh, on working those Airbnb situations. But uh, shout out to him. Looking forward to seeing him also. Shout out to our brothers out in ABQ, uh, the brother uh, Aish. Big big shout out to you. I, I did get your uh, your links that you sent to uh, the WhatsApp. I meant to hit you up. I have some questions over that, but uh, I'll catch up with you. Link up with you. But shout out to you and all the other brothers out there at ABQ. Shout out to the brothers up in Dallas, the brothers um, also in Cali, Atlanta. Canada, and shout out to Kyle Cobb down in Guatemala. So, yeah, I think I got everybody. Oh, yeah, and shout out to the 12 tribes, man, scattered worldwide. Shout out to you, brothers and sisters. I'm going to put y'all a brief hold, y'all. I need to check this tea real quick and pull it. Hold on, y'all. Be right back.
right, y'all, I am back. I apologize for that brief intermission, man. Trying to get some tea going uh, from a baby girl. She got this cough that's going on. Uh, well, as making some tea for myself. I'm trying to dehydrated today, man. I ain't drinking enough water. <clears throat> um, so, y'all, let's go ahead and get into the class. Matter of fact, let's get into the class. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the prayer we need to be sending up on a daily, y'all, so we can get the hell on out of this demonic place. Let's get Psalm chapter 118, verse 24. Psalm chapter 118, verse 24, that reads, This is the day which the Lord had made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So good or bad, happy or sad, the most high brought you to it, he'll bring you through it, and you'll come out better on the other side because of it. Please believe me. All right, y'all. So this class is entitled Purification. 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 So last week, we stopped at St. John chapter 14, verse 26. So let's go back there now because actually uh, the rest of the class well, this segment, anyway, is going to spin off of that. St. <clears throat> John chapter 14, verse 26, and it reads, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, this is Yahweh Shai, who the world knows as Christ. This is him speaking here, y'all. But we came here to get a grip on what this Holy Ghost is. Matter of fact, we got to go here first. Let's back all the way up. Let's go to uh, St. John chapter 1 and verse 24. I don't know how. It, anyway, let's just get it. St. John chapter 1, verse 24. Matter of fact, let me go straight to the point. Let's read verse 33. St. John uh, 133. And I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water. Now, this is uh, John the uh, Baptist speaking. It says, And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptized with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. We know that the, it was originally translated spirit. But 
the wicked religious people that they are, they snuck in and snuck the word ghost in there. But it's actually Holy Spirit. All right, but for the sake of edification, we're going to keep it simple and just read what we see, Holy Ghost. But it says here, and John the Baptist, the, John the Baptist is, is letting us know there's a difference between his baptism and the baptism that Christ was going to, going to bring. I hope everybody's seeing this. There is a difference between the water baptism, which John the Baptist baptized with, and the baptism that Christ was going to bring. There is a distinct difference. Let's read this again. St. John chapter 1, verse 33. And I knew him not, but he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, now, the, the, the him that sent him is the most high. He the one sent John the Baptist. But he's telling him, hey, who you see this spirit descending on, remaining on him, which we know was Christ, because John the Baptist baptized Christ, and, and they say he's seen the spirit descending on him like a dove. But it says spirit descending on him, remaining on him. The same is he which baptized it with the Holy Ghost. So, John the Baptist is letting you know his baptism, his water baptism, was different from Christ's baptism. He said Christ is going to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Now, we got to find out what this Holy Ghost is. I know we covered this last week, but we're going to do it again for edification purposes and leading in to the next points of this class. So St. John chapter 14, verse 26 is the Holy Ghost. So we find out here in St. John 14, 26, that the Holy Ghost that John the Baptist was speaking on in 1 John chapter uh, chapter 1, verse 33, we find out here that another name for that Holy Ghost is Comforter. Hope y'all seeing this. Another name for Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that John the Baptist referred to in St. John 1.33 is also known as the Comforter. All right, I'm going to read this again. St. John, John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. So we find out here that the, another name for the Holy Ghost is the Comforter. What does a comfort a Comforter do for you like and i gave the example last week of a blanket which also which is also known as a comforter it it keeps you warm right you it's a you got a draft going on in your living room you get that comforter thought over you and it warms you up man it gives you comfort all right and that's just one example of something that might comfort you you know people even have these days uh what they call comfort foods or they or they use the term well, i'm comfort eating <laughs> So these foods are supposed to comfort you when you, I guess you're stressed out or you're going through something. They give you comfort. So we find out that this Holy Ghost that's also known as the Comforter was going to comfort us. But then we get more clues on what the Holy Ghost is. It says, picking up in St. John 14, verse 26, I'm like in the middle now. It says, whom the Father will send, we get another clue. It says, in my name. So this Holy Ghost the Father, the Most High sent in the name of who? Christ, because this is Christ speaking, the words when read. And bring all things to your remembrance. 
I'm sorry, I skipped. Ooh, I skipped something very important. Let me go back. Uh, whom the Father will send in my name, he teach you all things. So we find out another 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 term for the word Holy Ghost is comforter. It's going to give us some comfort. Then this comforter is coming in the name of Christ. Then it says he. So we find out this this comforter, this Holy Ghost, is a he. Shall teach you all things. So it's going to teach. So in St. John chapter 1 and verse 33, it said that Christ, I'm sorry, yeah, it said that Christ is going to be baptizing with this thing called the Holy Ghost. And people see this and they automatically relate it to John the Baptist's water baptism. And that's why you have religious folks saying, oh, you got to be baptized so you can get the Holy Ghost. But they're not one and the same. The water baptism is totally different from the baptism that Christ brought. Christ brought this Holy Ghost baptism, which is going to do what? Teach us all. It's going to teach. It didn't say it was going to wash. It didn't say it was going to scrub. It said it was going to teach. All right? Keep that in mind. It says, and bring all things to your remembrance. So it's going to teach us. First of all, it's going to comfort us. Then it's going to bring all things to our remembrance. Then it says, whatsoever I have said unto you. So putting all the clues together, what's going to give us comfort is this thing called the Holy Ghost, also known as the Comforter, which is going to teach us some things. And it's going to bring things to our members that we may have forgotten. And it's going to have whatever Christ said unto us in it. That is nothing more, y'all, but the Bible. That's the scriptures, man. The scriptures give us comfort. And I brought this out last week. If you lost a loved one, what's going to give you comfort in that t- your time of loss? The scriptures. The scriptures that tells us that your loved one is back with the most high. If you've, um, you had to get a divorce, sadly, unfortunately, because whatever, what's going to help you heal from that divorce? The scriptures. If you lost a job, what's going to help you bounce back? The scriptures. If you're just going through a terrible time in your life, what's going to help you? What's going to comfort you? It's nothing more than the scriptures, y'all. Water is not going to do that. I hope y'all understanding this. So the comforter is, in fact, the Bible, all right? Now we're going to jump over to St. John chapter 15 and verse 26. And once again, this comforter is known by another name, the Holy Ghost. So what was Christ going to come and baptize us with? The Bible, his words. St. John 15, 26. But when the comforters come, and what's another word for comforter? The Holy Ghost. So it's talking about the same thing. But when the comforters come, and this is Christ again speaking, but when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. So another name for Holy Ghost is Comforter. Also another name for Comforter is the Spirit of truth. And the Holy Ghost is all one and the same. These words are synonymous with each other. 
Verse 26, St. John 15, 26 again. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, like it just said in St. John 14, 26, it was coming from the Father. 14, 15, 26 is coming from the Father. Let you know it's talking about the same thing, the Holy Ghost. Reading on, even the Spirit of Truth, what's the name for the, another name for comforter for a Holy Ghost? It's the Spirit of Truth. And what is the truth? And I believe we read this. Matter of fact, we're going to get it. Uh, yep, we sure is. So hold this and let's get St. John chapter 17, verse 17. We coming right back there, y'all, because it said that this comforter was also known as the spirit of truth. The Holy Ghost, the comforter, also is known as the spirit of truth. Now we got to get what the truth is. All right, St. John chapter 17, verse 17, and it reads, Sanctify them through thy truth. The word sanctify means to purify, to clean up, to set apart, to be consecrated. But it says sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So what is the truth? It's the word. What's going to sanctify us, clean us up, purify us? It's the word of God, not no water. I brought these examples out last week. Water does not cleanse your conscience. Water does not make you do a different thing other than what your flesh is telling you to do. The only thing that's going to make you do the opposite of what your flesh wants is the Bible. I hope y'all see this. I hope everybody's getting this. Now let's go back to St. John chapter 15, verse 26. Let me read this again. But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeded from the Father, he shall testify of me. Another clue, hint, hint. What other thing testifies of Christ other than the scriptures? Water does not do that. So I hope we see in here that that Holy Ghost nonsense that the church be talking about when you get baptized and you being baptized in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Ghost is just that. It's nonsense. It's some mystical stuff that they make it out to be. But to be truly baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost means to be purified by way of the scriptures, by way of the scriptures. I hope everybody's seeing this. And once again, showing that the water baptism that John the Baptist brought was totally different from the baptism that Christ brought. Let's continue to prove this. Let's get Matthew chapter 20. And we're going to start verse 20. <clears throat> So Matthew chapter 20 and verse 20, and it reads, Then came to him, the him is Christ, the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, <laughs> Now, Zebedee's sons talking about John and James, the disciples. They were brothers. Reading on in verse 21. And he said unto her, What wilt thou? So he was like, Okay, so what, what you want? She said unto him, 
Grant that these these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom. So Christ like told us, actually, like, okay, what you want? What do you want of me? He was obliged to give her what she was asking for. But look what she asked for. She asked for her two sons <laughs> to sit on the right-hand side in the kingdom. Now listen to what Christ said. But Jesus answered and said, ye know not what ye ask. You're like, man, you have no idea what you're asking me for. That's a big ask. You know? Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of? <laughs> he like, are your sons able to go through what I'm about to go through? Now watch this. And to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Say unto him, we are able. <laughs> but I want us to look at this. What baptism is Christ talking about? He said, are they able to be baptized with the same baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? He didn't say, are they going to be able to be baptized like John was baptizing? He didn't say that. He said, are they going to be able to be baptized with the same, the very same baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? Now, what is Christ talking about? And then listen to what he said. He said, they said unto him, we are able. So they was like, yeah, we're going to be able to be, get baptized the same way you got baptized. We're going to be able to go through your baptism. Listen to what they said to him now. That's very important. Now, let's find out what Christ is talking about when he says the same baptism that he's going to be baptized with. Let's go to Matthew chapter 26, y'all. And we're going to start at verse 17. So we're in Matthew chapter 26, verse 17. Now the first day of the, now the first day of the feast of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Wherewith thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? So this was the Passover, and we're going to come back to this chapter, y'all. Uh, I hope we, we got time enough to get to it. We're definitely coming back to it. So this is the time of the Passover, verse 18. And he said, go into the city to such a man and say unto him, the master said, my time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with thy disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. Now, when the when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Hmm. Verse 22. And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? So he's just expressed to them that one of them is a traitor. And one of them is going to turn him in. Now watch this. And he answered and said, He that dipped his hand with me in this in the dish, the same shall betray me. So he let it be known who it was. Whoever it was that was going to dip his hand in the dish, he was going to be 
the trade. Hope everybody's seeing this. Now we're going to jump down to, matter of fact, no, we're going to keep reading. We're in verse 23, this is verse 24. The son of man, go it as it is written of him, but woe unto that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. So Christ is saying, yeah, I'm going to die as it is written. It's written all throughout the Old Testament. But he said, woe, which means destruction to the person that betrayed him. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. So Christ said, whoever was going to betray him, it would have been better for this dude if he was not even created. Verse 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said. <laughs> like, yeah, it's you. You the one. Verse 26. Now, hold on. Let's, let's rewind just a second. Well, let's pause for a second. And take this into account. Judas Iscariot studied under Christ for three years. For three years, y'all, as well as the rest of the disciples. Three years is a very significant amount of time to build a real endearing, close relationship with a person. And remind you, they have been through thick and thin. Christ had... uh, Fed these dudes when they was hungry. He was teaching them all the time. He was giving the dropping jewels on. And then this dude turned around and betrayed him. Betrayal is one of the worst acts that anybody could ever experience in life, man. If you've been through this, then you understand exactly what I'm talking about. You understand exactly what I'm talking about. You know, verse 25. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? He said unto him, Thou hast said, verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Now, I didn't say he excluded Judas Iscariot. It said he gave it to the disciples. So even though he knew this nigga was finna betray him. He still sat down and broke bread with him. He still ate with this dude. He ate with his betrayer. I want y'all to really let this sink in. Because remember, we're coming here because Christ asked James and John, would they be able <laughs> to be baptized with the same baptism that he was going to be baptized with? You know, and he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, "Drink ye all of it, for this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung and and him. They went out into the Mount of Olives. Now, ain't this something? Because remember, this is a celebration. This is Passover, y'all. It says, after they had sung a hymn, they were singing. This was a joyous occasion. But at the same time, Christ knew he was dying in the morning. The disciples, they wouldn't believe it. Because remember, all throughout the Gospels, he kept telling them he was going to die. He kept telling these cats he was going to leave them. 
they didn't believe him. They were in disbelief. Now his hour is at hand, and he gets betrayed by Judas Iscariot. They celebrate. They go ahead and they celebrate anyway. And you mean to tell me that didn't none of the other disciples pick up on the fact that Christ said it was Judas Iscariot? Nobody was like, oh, no, we got to get that nigga up out of here. <laughs> nobody from Russian. Did nobody, did nobody feel sorry for Christ? They immediately after that start singing. <laughs> anyway, reading on verse 31. Then said Jesus unto them, All ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. So Christ is once again foretelling what's going to happen. All of them was not just Judas Iscariot. <laughs> All of them was going to betray him. The other was going. The other was the other disciples were going to betray him because they were going to be offended by Christ and not want to say that they was with him like Peter. We're going to read it, verse thirty-two. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. So Christ is like, man, y'all gonna turn y'all back on me. But when I come back alive, I'm still going to look y'all up, and we're going to chop it up. Verse 33, Peter answered and said unto them, Though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, Verily, verily, I'm sorry, verily I say unto you, say unto thee, that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me twice, or thrice, meaning three times. It's like, Peter, you're going to deny me. You're talking this tough, tough, Billy bad, <laughs> you know what, stuff, but you're really going to deny me. Verse 35. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples, all of them played tough guy. Verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane and said unto the disciples, sit here. I'm sorry, sit ye here. While I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee. Remember? <laughs> the ones that asked, uh, the ones that said they could go through the same baptism. And began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Carry ye here and watch with me. So Christ wanted them to stay and hang out with him, man. He's he know he's dying in a couple of hours. He's like, man, just stay and kick it with me. I want to spend as much time with y'all as possible because I know I'm going to die. And the stuff I'm about to go through is traumatic as hell. I need y'all support. He ain't say this, but I'm just speaking from a, a, a basic human understanding. 39. And he went a little further and fell on his face. And prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it be possible, listen to this, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He's like, do I really got to go through this? Daddy, I don't want to go through this. Does this really have to happen? Now, remember, (laughs) he said, he asked a question to uh, James and John's mother. Can your sons go be baptized with the same baptism that I'm going to be baptized with? 
this is what this is what he's talking about right here, y'all. This was that baptism. Him being put to death. First of all, him being betrayed. Being betrayed by his loved ones. Then having to die for those very same loved ones that turned their backs on him. That betrayed him. Or betrayed him. I hope y'all seeing this. This is that baptism. Verse 40. And he cometh unto the, unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and said unto Peter, What? Could ye not watch with me one hour? Come on, man. You can't sit and just chill with me for an hour? Verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation, not into temptation, but, I mean, not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Right, and that's what we've been going over concerning the, the concept of baptism. It's the battle against your flesh and your spirit. And this is why Christ even made that statement, man, my flesh is weak. He said, but the spirit, the spirit is willing to go through this. My spirit is willing to partake and to go through this. But after all, he was a human being. What human being you know want to take a butt whooping like this? What human being you know wants to be slaughtered like this? Nobody. Nobody's signing up for this. But he went through it. Verse 42, he went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. He's like, man, I don't want to go through this. I don't want to feel this, this cat of nine tails. Turn my flesh literally off my bones. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to have those nails drove through my hands and my feet. I don't want to be hanging up on no cross, suffocating on my own blood. I don't want to go through this. But he said, if you want me to go through it, I'll go through it. Verse 46, rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that dogs Betray me I hope y'all see this So he accepted his fate And then betrayal staring him right in the face This was the baptism That Christ was speaking of Asking deputy If her son could go through The same exact thing That he was going to have to go through I'm going to prove it Let's go to Matthew 10 and 22 Matthew 10 and 22, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endure to the end shall be saved. This is Christ telling his disciples that everybody's going everybody's to hate y'all for his name, for his name's sake. This is the baptism also. This is part of it. You being hated for the words of Christ. No different than now, man. Y'all tell him that Christ had a nationality. His nationality was that of a black man. People what? They automatically hate you. Because religion, te religion teaches what? Religion been teaching white supremacy, basically, <laughs> until you found it in the Bible where it said Christ was black and brought the truth out. Now, oh, God don't see color. God loves everybody. So for you to say that Christ has a nationality, and that nationality being a black man, now you're hated. 
by your friends and your relatives, by your coworkers, by your associates. To them, that's blasphemy. But Christ told us we were going to be hated by all people because of his name's sake. Because the truth of it is he did have a nationality. He did have a people, that people being people of color, so-called blacks, Hispanics, Native Americans, man, here in the Western Hemisphere. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19 and verse 29. Once again, this is that baptism Christ is talking about. Matthew chapter 19, verse 29. And everyone that had forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or fathers or mothers or wives or children or lands for my name's sake. I hope y'all see this. I hope y'all seeing this. But everyone in this truth, that have has given up a household. You may have been staying with people that didn't agree with you bringing the truth of the Bible out. They didn't agree with the truth of the Bible that Christ has a has a nationality, that He only dies for one group of people, that He's only coming back to save that one group of people. They might have not agreed with that, and because of that, you got put out the house and you had to leave the house. This is why He said, verse twenty nine: Everyone that had forsaken houses. You forsake the house because of what? Because of the word, the spirit of truth, the comforter, the comforter that, that had you feeling uncomfortable but then made you comfort, comfortable again. <laughs> Read this again, verse 29. And everyone that had forsaken houses and brethren. So you lost, you lost relatives, Christ. This is also part of the baptism. Or sisters, or fathers, your relationship with your sister that went sour. Man, you ain't spoke to her in months or years even because y'all have a, a clash of beliefs as, as far as it pertains to God. You and your father then fell out because he want to tell you now. He, want, he on that Geno Jenkins nonsense. God is a spirit. Yeah, it does say God is a spirit But Christ has a nationality That's why they said he was what? King of the Jews (laughs) People read right over stuff, man Which let you know his ethnicity Is that of what? A Jew And we find out in the scriptures That the real Jews are what color? Black Stop that God is a spirit Come on, man, stop So Christ was a spirit too? So it was the spirit that got hung on the cross. That don't even make sense. It don't make sense. But this is why people will stop dealing with you. Because they'll be on this mythical religious nonsense and you bring them the Bible and you break the scriptures down for them, you edify for them, and they still ain't trying to see it. But this is causing that rift to where now you can't deal with them no more. Like he's just telling us here. And everyone that has forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife, seen this, man. Brothers come in, drop the truth on a woman, and before too long, 
either they gone from the truth, from the knowledge of the truth, or their wife leaves. It, it never fails. It, it's going to be one or the other. Either you going to leave because you ain't, cause you ain't, you ain't trying, to, trying to lose her, or she going to leave because you ain't trying to lose, uh, lose the blessing that Christ said he's going to bestow on you if, you if you believe on him and keep his word. He says, or children, I've seen this also, so much that you left your kids for it, it'd be the woman that's attached to your kids, We, a.k.a. baby mama. <laughs> because she don't believe, she get, she uh, gets up, takes the kids, and bounces and leaves. I just seen that one too. Experienced it also. It says, on land, so you might have to move from city from your city because of the truth. It says, for my name's sake, whose name is it? All of this done under whose name? You're doing this for Christ. Like the scripture says, we are fools for Christ's sake. It says, shall receive, and this is the part I'm going to get to, shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. I hope y'all see this. I remember I showed a brother this scripture and the one in uh, Matthew chapter 19 where it says, uh, oh, no, it was this one. Yeah, it was this one. I showed him this exact same scripture. And the brother, uh, the brother was from Austin, man. I believe he was a... Oh, excuse me. I believe he was originally from Michigan. But the brother used to come down and fellowship with us uh, years ago, man, years ago. He since uh, moved to Kentucky, started his own congregation. Uh, the brother started an excellent um, line of wine. Uh, what was the name of that, that wine? Oh, man. On the tip of my tongue, I want to give him a plug. Man, I forgot the name of the wine. See, I'm going to have to get some this year because I forgot the name of it. But uh, the brother makes his own wine, man. But anyway, at the time he got the truth dropped on him, he was dealing with a, a woman who had his child, and um, she she wasn't trying to see the scriptures for what, what they what they worth, man. She was not in agreement with the scriptures, and he was on the fence whether or not to dip, whether or not because he didn't want to leave his kid. That was the main thing. He he was he had dealt with. I mean, it wasn't easy for him. He was dealing with the fact of losing his woman. I mean, as as is to be expected, but that wasn't really what was rallying. What was really rallying him was um, the loss of his kid, man. He didn't want to leave his kid. But the scripture said, can two walk together let they be agreed? And they can't. They weren't in agreement. So what ended up happening was the brother, he, he left her. But before he he did his thing, I, I gave him this scripture. I gave him this scripture, and he ended up moving, like I said, to Kentucky. The brother got on his feet. Uh, like I said, he started his own congregation, and he hit me up, man. And I had even forgot I gave him this scripture. But he was like, brother, when you gave me that, that gave me so much strength and courage that I did it and I ain't looked back. And he said, now I had another another wife, 
And he had, at the time, he had a, a newborn son. <laughs> he had a newborn son. By now, he probably got many more kids. I'm not sure. It's been a minute. Shame on me, too. I need to reach out to that brother. It's been a minute since I talked to him. But this just goes to show you, man, that the scriptures hold true. But once again, this is part of the baptism. This is what Christ was talking about. Can you lose? Can you lose? Don't think just because you got the knowledge of the truth that everything is good now. Nah. We're going to lose because Christ lost. I hope y'all are seeing that. And Christ lost the ultimate. He lost his life. Now let's get uh, Matthew chapter 24 and verse 9. Watch this. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Y'all see, this is nothing good. Everything he's saying ain't good. It says, and shall kill you like he was martyred. Remember? And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. I hope y'all listening. Verse 10, and then shall many be offended like the disciples was. Remember that? And shall betray one another. Shall do what? Betray one another. Man, these scriptures hit home, man. They hit home for me, man, because in case y'all didn't know, we had a split here in San Antonio, man, a couple years back. Uh, the camp split over some, some wickedness that was going on here in San Antonio. And, man, this is how everybody felt. I know it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. We felt betrayed. We felt betrayed. But Christ told us this was going to happen. But this, once again, y'all, is part of the baptism. This was the baptism that Christ was going to bring, that Holy Ghost that baptizes us, which is the Word. Why would we go through all of this? Because the Word said we were going to go through it. And what are we going to use? I know what I was using when I was going through that time. What I'm still using that's getting me through hard times is the word. Get me through the baptism. That's allowing me to accept the baptism, which is allowing me to accept this is what I signed up for. I hope y'all getting this. Water don't have power like this. Water does not do this. Verse 10 again. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. This ha All of this happened here in this camp. Verse 11. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Verse 12. Now listen to this. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So what this is saying is because sin is going to be so prevalent, because you're going to have Israelites breaking the law left and right, a lot of love is going to get cold. You're going to get the cold shoulder. People you thought was your brother, people you thought was your sisters, is going to turn 
their shoulders against you, turn their backs on you, give you the cold shoulder. This is what Christ is talking about. What's going to help us get through this, though? There ain't no water. The only thing that helps you get through an ordeal like this is the scriptures. If the scriptures put it into perspective. Why am I going through this? What's my reward? But remember what Christ promised, eternal life, if you believed. This is the baptism, y'all. All right, y'all. From there, let's go to Luke chapter 21 and verse 12. Besides the time that I had COVID, when we was going through that, that split here <clears throat> at uh, Sword of Truth, I prayed the most during that time. Like I said, besides the time I had COVID, because I prayed a lot when I had COVID too. But second to that was me praying during that split because it, it, it was like a sucker punch, man. But once again, the only thing that got us through it is the scriptures. And a lot of people didn't recover. Once I know that a lot of a lot of people has have never have never recovered from what went on here in San Antonio. Sadly to say. And that ain't just it ain't just exclusive to our camp. I've heard about many camps that had splits and brothers didn't make it, brothers didn't recover. Brothers left the truth. Brothers went back into the world. All kind of crazy stuff, man. So it's not exclusive just to our camp. We Israelites. I mean, Christ said this was going to happen to us. All right, Luke chapter 21, verse 12. But before all these things, but, sorry, before all these, but before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogue and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. Now, when he's talking about <laughs> these things right here, he ain't talking about the other nations delivering us up. He's talking about our own people. Because this eventually did happen. It happened to all the disciples. All the disciples were brought up to the synagogue, to the priests, to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and put on trial. You don't believe me, go back and read how uh, Paul kept getting put on trial, how Peter got put on trial. So eventually it led to their deaths. But Christ told us this. This is part of the baptism. Part of the baptism is being betrayed by your own people. Part of the baptism is being put to death. You become a martyr. Your own people kill you. Like I said, if it ain't a physical death, it's a character assassination. They'll say things about you that ain't true, that discredits you, that kills your character where, to where people don't want to listen to you no more. In a sense, it's like you, you get blackballed. Been a part of that one, too. Still is. <laughs> but what keeps me afloat, keeps me going, is these scriptures, man. It's the only thing I got to lean on. It's my only for sure, for sure, 
support. Reading this again, Luke chapter 21, verse 12. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. So all of this for who name? For Christ's name, man. What's that saying they got in the world? Keep your eye on the prize. You better. That's the only thing that's going to get you through this, man. And that prize being the kingdom. But before we get there, we got to be baptized with this baptism. Matthew chapter 20, verse 22, again. But Jesus answered and said, ye know not what ye ask. Are you able, are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? Ain't talking about John the Baptist baptism, y'all. Ain't talking about no water baptism. They said unto him, we are able. <laughs> now listen to this, verse 23. And he said unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism <laughs> that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. But he told them what? Oh, y'all going to go through what I went through. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> y'all going to get this word. This is what he basically told them. Now, I want to go here, y'all. Now, I brought this article out before. So this is from S, uh, csmedia1.com. How the disciples, apostles of the Bible die. Now, I'm only going to focus on one because the other one didn't get marked. James the Greater, son of Zebedee, brother of John, beheaded or stabbed with a sword by Herod Agrippa around 44 AD near Palestine, and not far from where he was a local minister. Uh, he was a local minister to the Jews in Judea. So he was, James the, the Greater, the brother of John, he was martyred. But didn't Christ tell him he was indeed going to be baptized with the same baptism, which was what? Martyrdom. But before that, he was betrayed by his people because who do you think brought him to Herod? It was our people. Now listen to this part. His accuser, so the person that accused uh, James, <laughs> His accuser was converted by James's courage. Y'all hear this? The person that turned James in <laughs> was converted by James's courage to die. He's willing to die for the word of Christ and what he believed in. He was converted by that. Now watch this. And the two were beheaded together. I got to drop the bomb on now. Ain't that something? You just turn them in, but then you get converted at the last minute, and you enter into martyrdom with them. So that's one of the sons of thunder, James. Now, this is John. Now, John was not martyred, y'all. 
said, John the, Be- the Beloved, son of Zebedee, brother of James, natural death, the only apostle who did not meet a martyr's death. Banished by Roman Emperor Domitius to Isles of Patmos, where penned Revelation, the last book in the Bible, was later freed and went to preach in Turkey and died at 100. So he he was not martyred, but I had another article. I got time to bring it out. Other sources say that he was put in a pot of boiling oil and was not scathed. He was not touched. He was not touched. But I'm bringing all this out to show that, once again, going back, Matthew 20, 23, and he said unto them, Ye shall drink indeed my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. And what was that baptism? Getting betrayed by your people and being martyred for Christ. To sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it was prepared of my father. So I hope y'all are seeing this, man. There, The two baptisms, one being by John, the water baptism, was totally different from Christ's baptism, which Christ called the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of Truth or the Comforter. I hope y'all understand. Now, let's get Luke chapter 4. Let's see how Christ was able to endure the things that he went through. Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, (laughs) being full of what? The Holy Ghost. What's the Holy Ghost once again? It's the comforter, the spirit of truth. Also what? The word of God. The word of God. I'm proving. Watch this. And Jesus began, I'm sorry, and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. In those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterwards hungered. So Christ was on a 40-day fast, no food. And remember that he was tempted by the devil, y'all. Now, how would Satan tempt him? Let's read verse 3. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that it be made bread. Christ has been fasting for 40 days. Ain't ate nothing. What's the first thing Satan hit him with to get to persuade his mind? food, appealing to his what? To his flesh, his natural instinct as a human being. Now listen to what Christ said to shake that spirit off of him. Verse 4, and Jesus answered him, saying, it is written. (laughs) What did Christ come back with? It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Christ hit him with a scripture. How did Christ keep his flesh in check, keep his flesh from eating to continue his fast? He had to pull a scripture. You don't think he had this scripture in mind before Satan even came to him with the bread? But remember, jumping all the way back up to verse 1, 
and Jesus being full of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> What's the Holy Ghost once again? The Comforter, also known as the Spirit of Truth, also known as the Bible, the Scriptures. And this is how you know he was full of it. Verse 4, what did he hit him with? And Jesus answered and said, and Jesus answered him saying, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. He hit him with a scripture, man. He hit him with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Verse 5, and the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, shooed, him, shooed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment's time. So Satan, the devil, takes Christ up, shows him all the kingdoms. If you got a kingdom, then you got power. You got rulership and authority. So he showed him, he showed Christ what he could have. This is verse 6. And the devil said unto him, all this power will I give thee. You see this? I'm offering this up to you. And the glory of them. And I'll give you all the glory of these things I'm going to give you. For that is delivered unto me. And to whomsoever, I will give it. So Satan had power to give all these kingdoms to whoever he wanted to give it to. But this was the condition. If thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. So he's offering Christ all this power at his fingertips. But listen to what Yahweh shot him with. Verse 8. And Jesus answered. And said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> like, man, get up out of here with that nonsense. Now, listen to what he says. For it is written, you see this? He's quoting the scriptures. Remember, verse 1 said he was full of the Holy Ghost, which is the scriptures. He ain't coming up with his own ideas. He ain't pulling out no bucket of water to dump over his head so it would make him stronger. To resist Satan To resist the wiles of the devil No Listen to what he's saying Verse 8 again And Jesus answered and said unto him Get thee behind me Satan For it is written Thou shalt worship The Lord thy God And him only Shall thy serve Christ pulled Exodus chapter 20 on Scriptures Christ is hitting them with but you don't think that Christ applied this to his flesh to get his flesh on the right page with his spirit? You know he did because verse 1 again said he was full of the Holy Ghost, which is what? The scriptures, y'all. Ain't no water, go, no water is going to have you resisting this. Hell, we can go back up to verse um, oh, verse 5. Where he talks about the kingdoms. Now, how many people y'all hear about entertainers? Y'all hear about this and so they sold through blood sacrifice. They sacrifice up a relative or what have you. Hell, Cat Williams just gave a long, extensive interview uh, validating, <laughs> validating those rumors. He had receipts for them. This is true, man. We're reading about it in the scriptures. But if you're not rooted in what? In the scriptures, in your belief in the scriptures, you will sell your soul for starters. You will sell your soul for notoriety, for power, to be in that realm. You will sell your soul. This is what this is what Satan trying to get him to do. 
Remember what the, what he said the, the catch was, the trade-off, verse 8 again. I'm sorry, verse 7. And if thou therefore wilt worship me, all shall be thine. Verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. His mindset. The scriptures. Hope y'all seeing this. Let's get James 4 and 7. James chapter 4, verse 7, and it reads, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. How do you submit yourself to, the, to God? How do you submit yourself to the Most High? By submitting yourself to his word. By submitting yourself to the scriptures. Not going against them, not fighting, not wrestling with the scriptures. Let me read this again, James 4, 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How do you resist the devil? How do you, first of all, how do you submit yourself to the most high? I got to believe the scriptures. I got to have cold, hard belief in the scriptures no matter what comes my way, and hold on to that. This is how I submit myself to God. Even if the outcome don't look good for me, <laughs> even if me submitting myself to the Scriptures might have an unpleasant outcome, I still got to submit to it. I still got to believe in it. What did Job tell us? He said, the Lord give it, and the Lord take it away. He said, surely I came out of the womb naked, Surely I will leave the same way, naked. But he understood who gives and who takes. If the Most High gave it to you, he can take it from you. But does that mean he ain't going to give it back to you or give you more? Because going back to Job, he took all those things from Job, but at the end of Job's, Job's ordeal, what happened? He, have, he ended up having most of what he started with. But during his whole ordeal, he stayed faithful to who? To the Most High. Even though he was going through it. Even though it didn't look too good for the home team. But he was still there believing ten toes down, man. And look how the Most High came and blessed him on the back end. That's how you submit yourself to the Most High. It says, read this again, James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. How do we resist the devil? You got to be in them scriptures and have scriptures on deck for when them thoughts start hitting you. Oh, man, this is a cult. Oh, this is crazy. Oh, man, why we got to do this? Man, you know what? Why I got to turn the other cheek? Why I got to forgive? Nah, I hate them niggas. I'm just going to be, nope. I'm, I'm taking this grudge to the grave. Just going to the grave with me. How many of us you know like that? I know the scriptures say this, but, man, I ain't feeling that. I know the script, man, I know what the scriptures say. Man, I don't want to hear no scriptures. Man, don't tell me that. I already know what you're going to say. I know what scripture you're going to pull. That ain't you resisting the devil. That's you resisting the most high. That's you resisting the most high. I'm read this again, James 4 and 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, 
and he will flee from you. But if you hold firm to the scriptures, then the devil will flee from you. No different than what Christ did. Let's go back there. Hold, hold, hold James. We're going to go back there too. Let's go back to Luke chapter 4 and let's read what happened. Uh, we're in Luke chapter 4, verse 8. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem and set him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee, and their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. So he's basically telling Christ to commit suicide. And if he's the Son of God, the Most High is going to say it. Verse 12. And Jesus answered and said unto him, it is, it is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Say, this is written. I ain't going to tempt the Most High. Verse 13. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Why did the devil end the temptations, though? Because Christ's spirit was firm in the word. In the Most High's word, this is how, how he was able to withstand the devil. And because he was strong in the scriptures, the devil had to leave him. Like that tells us in James 4 and 7, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I hope y'all seeing this, man. The only way to stop your negativity is you got to have a scripture to combat it. The only way, y'all. It's the only way. Water is not going to do that. I have to keep driving that point home, man, because a lot of people really believe that this Baptist water baptism stuff is is so mystical. It's going to make you righteous when it don't. The only thing that makes us righteous is the word. Let's get Psalms one nineteen verse nine. Psalms chapter 119 and verse 9. Wherewithal, listen to this, y'all. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Meaning, how are you going to, when things look, excuse me, foggy to you, when things look murky to you, when your vision is blurry and you can't see the path in which you need to be going on, when you can't see your way out of a certain situation, how are you going to clear that up? How are you going to cleanse your, 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 your vision? How are you going to get your spirit right? It says, by taking heed thereto according to thy word. <laughs> That's how you clear your vision up. That's how you clear your spirit up. You got to get in the book. You got to get in the book, and you got to hold on to the book, St. John fourteen twenty six. St. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, 
He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you. Once again, y'all, it's only one thing that does all these things, and that's the Bible. Now, we're going to go back to Psalms 119, and we're going to read verse 49 this time. And it says, remember the word unto thy servant. Now, what did it tell us about this Holy Ghost? What was it going to do? Bring all things to our remembrance. And here in Psalms 119, verse 49, it says what? Remember the word unto thy servant. I hope y'all seeing it. It's the words. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Comforter. That's the Spirit of Truth. Psalms one nineteen forty nine. Remember the remember the word unto thy servant, upon which thou hast caused me to hope. <laughs> what gives us hope? Another word for hope is faith. It's the Most High's words. Now watch this, verse fifty. This is my comfort. What does it say? This is my comfort. But remember what it told us in St. John 14, 26, the comforter. Matter of fact, let me go back to it. St. John 14, 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Y'all see that, right? Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Whatsoever I have said unto you, Psalms 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction. What is the comfort in, in, in any of our afflictions? For thy word hath quickened me. Boy, y'all seeing this? I'm going to read this again. This is my comfort in my affliction. For thy word hath Quickened me. The word comforts us. Christ even said, oh, and it revives our spirit. Christ said, it is the spirit that quickens, the flesh profit of nothing. These words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That's St. John 6 and 63. It's like when you drop the truth on somebody and you see their spirit start to come back to life, man. Because it, it calls us the walking dead in the book of Revelation, chapter 11. It says they dead bodies shall lie in the great street. <laughs> in the verse of one, it says they will not suffer their dead bodies to be put into grave, which lets you know it's ain't talking about a physical death. It's talking about a spiritual death. But once again, when you drop the word on somebody, you drop the truth on somebody, you can see their spirit in them revive. They come back to life. They stop smoking. What happens when somebody stops smoking because of the word? Their skin starts clearing up. Their lips start to turn back their natural color. They get that, that wind back in their lungs. Or somebody stops eating pork. They get their heart condition together, their blood pressure go down, they just feel better, they look better, they can't wait to get class, they can't wait to get the scriptures, they all in the book. Their whole life just turn around, they become a totally different person, man. They come back to life. 
was Ezekiel 37, can these bones live? <laughs> he said, I prophesied unto them, and and, uh, and the bones the bones started to come together. The word did that, man. Luke chapter 24, man. Luke 24 and verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, well, as a matter of fact, let me, let me jump up a little bit. Verse 25. Now, this is when Christ um, came back to life, when he was resurrected. He showed himself to the disciples. Now, watch this. Verse 25. Then he said unto them, all fools and slow of heart to believe, all the prophets have spoken. So what is Christ here speaking of? The Old Testament. That's what the prophets were during this time. He's like, all the, the Old Testament uh, prophets have spoken. Letting you know he's talking about the scriptures. I'm going to prove it. Watch this, verse 26. For not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Because the, the scriptures tell us that. Remember, St. John 14, 26, bring all things to thy remembrance. What does that but the scriptures? So in case you forgot, the Old Testament told y'all that I was going to be, I was going to die, and I was going to be resurrected. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And remember what he said, St. John 14. Man, I got to get it. I got to stop quoting it. Y'all, y'all don't think I'm making stuff up. Well, I'm reaching. And I ain't, man. St. John chapter 14, verse 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. Now listen to what he said in Luke chapter 24 and verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Christ, expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Come on, man. That's the Holy Ghost, y'all. <laughs> The scriptures. The scriptures. I hope y'all seeing this. Verse 32. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures? So he had to, when he says open to us, meaning he opened their understanding up. Let me not give it away. Let me jump. Verse 45. Then... Matter of fact, let me read 40, 44 first. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me.
man, this is clear as day. I, I, at least I hope it is. I hope y'all are seeing this. Read this again. Four, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, man. Come on, y'all. I, I really, really, really hope everybody's seeing this. St. John chapter 5, verse 39. Now, this is after he was resurrected, right? Now, let's read about before he was resurrected, before he was martyred, sacrificed. What did he tell us? What did he tell the disciples? What did he tell us even before that happened? St. John chapter 5 and verse 39. Search the scriptures. <laughs> For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Religion will have you thinking that you have to be baptized and that's how you get the eternal life and all this other nonsense, man. Well, Christ just told us how we get the eternal life by searching the scriptures, man. I hope y'all seeing this. Let me keep reading. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. I receive not honor from men. Now, remember too, y'all, I got to bring this out. What Christ said in St. John, oh, man, I got to get it. I thought I was going to finish this tonight. It is not looking like I am. I might, I might, I might. St. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said unto him, I am the way. (laughs) The word way means method. The truth. Christ said he the truth. Now, remember what St. John chapter 17, verse 17 says, thy word is truth. Remember? Remember what St. John chapter 1 says, though. In the beginning was the word, and the word was made flesh. This Christ, once again, talking about himself. Read this again. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What does this mean? You cannot come to the Most High except you go through Christ. And how do you go through Christ? By using the word that he left, which is known as what? The Comforter, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of Truth. That's the only way you can get to the Most High. It's by applying the scriptures. Remember, it didn't say nothing about no water. It didn't say, I am the water, I am the way. You got to be baptized. It didn't say that. The way you get to Christ is by using the scriptures. 
the way you get baptized in the name of the Holy Ghost, <laughs> you get baptized by the scriptures, y'all. It's the word of God. Let's go back to Luke chapter 15. Is that where I was at? Wait a minute. No, I was in St. John 539. St. John 539. Search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life, because how's the only way we can get to him? He just gave us instructions in verse 39 by searching the scriptures. I receive not honor from men, but I know you. Christ knows his people, right? That ye have not the love of God in you. Now, why would he say that? Verse 43. For I am come in my Father's name, and ye receive me not. Because a lot of us didn't receive Christ. No different than now, a lot of us still won't receive Christ because we say that he didn't have a nationality. That we said you got to go get dunked in water to get to him. That ain't what he said. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. People idolize and give more props to John the Baptist than they do Christ. When John the Baptist told us clearly that he couldn't even fasten Christ's uh, shoelaces, he said, the dude that's coming after me is better than me. I'm not even worthy. But how is it people put John the Baptist's water baptism over the baptism that Christ brought? This is what Christ is talking about. We like to worship men all day, every day. So the men tell you, get dunked in water, and it's just so miraculous. And you're going to see a dove come up, and you're going to get the Holy Ghost and start foaming at the mouth and all this other nonsense. We'll believe that. But to say, for somebody to show us that the Holy Ghost is the Bible and that that's what you need to get baptized in, oh, that's too simple. It ain't, nope, it ain't that simple. Nope, it's got to be something miraculous. Oh, you know what you're talking about. You, you're a simple nigga. Read <laughs> this again, verse 43. I am coming, I am coming, my Father's name, and ye receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him ye will receive. How can you believe which, how can ye believe which receive honor one of another? And seek not the honor that coming from God only. Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one that accuses you, even Moses, in whom ye trust. For had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me. So this is for you New Testament only people. I'm just going to stick to the New Testament. This is where I get all my answers from. But Christ is telling us here, very distinctly, if you don't believe Moses, which wrote what? The first five books of what we call the Old Testament. He said, how can you believe me? Because Moses wrote about me. But you have religion tell you what? That Old Testament. That Old Testament is where you get the baptism from. I went over this. Baptism was a ritual that we did, the Israelites did, but it was synonymous with being clean. Verse 47. But if ye believe not his writings, 
How shall you believe my words? Come on, man. So if you don't believe the Old Testament, Christ, then how can you believe his words that are contained in the New? How can you be baptized there? Because we know that the Holy Ghost is the word. And this, this, that was the thing. That was the Holy Ghost that Christ was bringing to baptize us with. And I hope y'all seeing this. All right, let's go to Mark. Chapter 1. We got the water out the way. Let's deal with the fire. Come on, man. Mark 1 and 8. Mark chapter 1, verse 8. I indeed have baptized with water. This is John the Baptist speaking. Why was he baptizing with water? Because this was something that Israel was familiar with. It goes all the way back to the Old Testament, in which the priests would clean things in water. You would have to bathe yourself in water and be pronounced clean. Water was synonymous with being clean. This is why John the Baptist was baptizing people with water. It was something that the Israelites were very familiar with because it was done during the time of the Levitical priests. We were all together in our land. This was, it was done. We were familiar with this. This is why John the Baptist, who also was a priest from the tribe of Levi, was doing the exact same thing. But it was synonymous with being clean, Mark 1 and 8. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. What is the Holy Ghost once again, y'all? The Holy Ghost is also known as the Comforter, also known as the Spirit of Truth, and all those things are synonymous with what? The Word of God, which is the Bible. Hope y'all see this. So the water baptism is different than the baptism that Christ was bringing. John just confessed to that. Now, let's go to Matthew chapter 3 and verse 11. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. I indeed <laughs> baptize you with water unto repentance. Now, listen to what John the Baptist was saying. He said, I baptize you with water so that you might repent. The word repent means to change. Y'all see this? Y'all see this? Once again, water was being used symbolically for us to cleanse ourselves up, our minds. Not our bodies, our minds. I'm going to prove it. This is what he says. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. So you're supposed to get dumped in water, and it's supposed to be a change about you. That's John the Baptist's baptism. You're supposed to change your point of view, your way of thinking, your carnal, sinful thoughts are supposed to change. But how many of us have been water baptized and still have the same thoughts? Fifteen minutes later, uh, many of us, because water is not going to do it. Water is not going to change your mind. Once again, Matthew three, Matthew chapter three, verse eleven. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Let you know. Christ's baptism was going to be way better. He shall baptize you 
with the Holy Ghost, which is what? The Word of God. And with fire. And this is what I like to always ask people. They be hopping on uh, water baptism, water baptism, got to have the water, got to have the water. Be baptized in water for the Holy Ghost, right? Well, why ain't nobody setting people on fire? Because the Bible said it too. We just read it. Why you don't see the deacon or the pastor in church with a flamethrower just setting people on fire, if that's the case? He's jumping up, up and down like mystical. Call the people from I'm on fire. The fire, the fire's on your neck. On your neck, get the fire off your neck. <laughs> Why they ain't doing that in churches? It's in the Bible, but y'all talk about the water all day, every day. Once again, the water is symbolic. Even the fire, y'all, is symbolic. I'm gonna prove it. Let's go to Jeremiah 23 and 29. Jeremiah 23, verse 29. And it reads, Is not my word as, as fire? Read it again. It's not my word like as a fire, said the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces. So here, the Most High's word, which is the Bible, is being compared to a what? To fire. What does fire do? Fire is used to burn impurities out of things. They use fire to refine oil, right? They heat this oil up. The byproduct of the oil is plastic. That's where you get all your Tupperware and stuff from. And it's also put in chewing gum and medicine, as a matter of fact. But the pure product is the crude oil. Just to give an example. What's also purified with fire? When you refine jewelry. Like gold. The scriptures tell us that gold is refined in the fire, right? A refinery purifies things so we can you can get it down to its very essential, essential elements without all the waste that's around it. The way the way you purify gold is you burn it. You burn all the copper, the tin and all the other metals out of it. And when you get that pure gold, it's soft. It's real soft, real refined. It, it ain't the gold we used to get, y'all, the tough Arab gold. <laughs> All right, we get that tin gold that be breaking. <laughs> the point is, the way you refine things is you have to burn them to get the impurities out of it. We're the same way. But what does that? Is it actual fire that's being used? No, it's the word of God being compared to fire. It's an allegoric statement. Read it again, Jeremiah twenty three twenty nine. 
Is not my word like as a fire, said the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? So it talks about a fire and a hammer. A hammer breaks things. What is the most high's word supposed to do? Supposed to break your thought pattern up. So so you'll know that what? Homosexuality is wrong. So you know what? To keep the most high's dietary laws, I shouldn't eat shrimp, crab, pork, lobster. I shouldn't be eating these things. They got you've got to have fins and scales. It's gonna break my thought pattern up of what? Let me stop looking at this man woman like that. Let me stop trying to be her friend. Are we just friends? Then I slide up in the DMs. The most highest word is going to break that thought pattern up. I hope y'all see this. The most highest word is being used here as fire. Let's get another one. Let's get Jeremiah uh, 5 and 14. Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 14, and it reads, Wherefore thus said the Lord God of hosts, because ye speak this word, speak this what? This word. Behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and this people would, and it shall devour them. I hope y'all are seeing this. Just like the water was being used symbolically, fire is being used symbolically for the Most High's word. Once again, since the church folk take things so literally, why are they not walking around with a flamethrower setting people on fire? You got to ask yourself this, man. It's got to be something more to it. It's got to be, y'all. All right, let's go to uh, Isaiah chapter 10 now. We're going to read verse 17. And the light of Israel shall be for a fire, and his holy one for a flame, and it shall burn and devour his thorns and his briars in one day. But it says the light of Israel is going to do this, right? What's the light of Israel? Let's get Psalms 119, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. This is what the light is. It's the word of the Most High. Going back to St. John chapter 1, in the beginning was the word. And it says the word was made flesh. Who is that word? Christ. I hope y'all are seeing this. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. Now, also, keep this in mind. Light represents wisdom. So when it says your word is a lamp under my feet, meet your words of wisdom. 
the most high's words of wisdom, which is the Bible, is going to light my path, light my way. I'm going to be able to see and dissect things clearly. I'm going to have discernment, clear discernment, by way of what? The most high's word. It says, reading again, Psalms 119, verse 105, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hope y'all seeing this, man. Hope y'all seeing this. Here, Proverbs 6 and 23. Proverbs 6, verse 23, and it reads, For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light and reproof of instruction or the way of life. I hope y'all hearing this, man. What's that like? It's the Most High's commandment. It's his laws. And it says that his laws, his commandments, or reproofs of instructions are the way of life, man. What does the Bible do? What does the word of the Most High do? It reproves you. It corrects you. If I was doing something wrong, if I was being a bad father, what would get me back on track? The Bible, the words of the Most High, is going to give me the instructions I need to be a better father. If I'm being a bad mother, what's going to get me back on track? Is it... Um, Oprah Winfrey's advice? <laughs> is it the therapist that I've been seeing? Is that going to get me back on track? No. The Bible, the word of the most high is going to get me back on track. It show me how to be a good mother. The therapist is going to tell me what? Oh, you need some you time. You know what? You gave up your career so you could be a housewife. You know, well, the kids are grown now, so you can just do you, girl. It's not fair that you gave up so much and he had to give up nothing. <laughs> it's the mess the world be telling our women, man. To where our women don't, they don't even take it with pride to be a housewife. That's demeaning to them, to be a soccer mom. To be involved in your children's life instead of, oh, you know, that's on them. That's a black culture, right? That's what we say. Oh, that's on them. No, nigga, it's on you. They're your kids. What they do is a reflection of you. Getting back to my point, if I've, if I've never been shown how to be a mother, if I've never been shown, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. If I've never been shown how to be a proper mother, if I've never been instructed or shown how to be a proper father, what instruction manual is going to get me there? It's a book, a well-known book, the world's bestseller known as the Bible. That's what's going to get me there. That's what's going to get me back in order. 
if I don't know how to be a good son, what instruction manual should I go to to find this information out? Is it uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad? <laughs> or any of those self-help books? It's the Bible. If I don't know how to be a good daughter, what's going to give me those instructions? The Bible. If I don't know how to be a good husband, a good wife, what's going to properly instruct me on how to do it? It's the Bible, man. Read this again. Psalm six Psalm Psalm I'm sorry, Proverbs chapter six, verse twenty three. The commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproof of instruction for the way of life. So how do you live your life? <laughs> you gotta have the most high instruction. This is how we live our life. What did Solomon say? After all his uh, research that he did in the book of Proverbs, you get to the last chapter. He said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter, right? And what did Solomon come up with after, after Solomon said he studied folly? He studied folly. <laughs> folly is foolishness, y'all. He studied folly. He studied the left-hand side of the Most High, which is wickedness. He studied righteousness. He studied all of this. And what conclusion did he come up with? Y'all can go read this, the last chapter of Proverbs. He says, fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. <laughs> That's what he came up with for all the extraordinary stuff that he did. And you read in Ecclesiastes. Matter of fact, it is. Is Ecclesiastes the last chapter? Let me check. Let me reference check this real quick, y'all. I, I believe it's Ecclesiastes. Yeah, it is Ecclesiastes. And remember, at the beginning of Ecclesiastes, he was saying all is vanity, vanity of vanities, right? <laughs> Everything's worthless. <laughs> I tell you, man, when I first started reading Ecclesiastes, I was like, man, this is a depressing book. Like, I'm like, Solomon, what are we living for then? What's the purpose of life? <laughs> Gotta make you want to put some Chardonnay on and drink some wine and slit your wrists. <laughs> and without understanding, man, I felt that way. But I went back and read it with some understanding what the brother was saying was the ending. He said the whole duty of man is to fear him, fear the most high, and keep his commandments. He said this is the whole duty of man, man. This is the way for us to live. This is what this is our blueprint to life. That's what he was saying, man. Now, y'all, that was the uh, 92nd mark. I don't want to go any further because I got a whole another segment of this class I'm going to get into because <clears throat> we already got the water. We did, we're currently dealing with the fire, and there ain't much more that, of the fire I want to get to. But I want to go into the blood also because I don't hear them talk about blood too much, but I'm definitely going to talk about it and hopefully give everybody some edification on what the blood truly is about. But uh, this is a good stopping place, man. Um, thank you, The Water, for everybody tuning in to the show. The Water, we shopping for hooking up the broadcast. Uh, the Water, for y'all support here at Blog Talk Radio, Bible Talk. We greatly appreciate it, man. 
I hope y'all got some edification out the class. Uh, if you got any questions about this class or any other topic, please keep the questions coming, y'all. Y'all can hit me up at 314, oh, excuse me, 482-9110, man. Or if you just want to rap with a brother, that's cool, too. So uh, this is me signing off, man. I ain't have no readers this evening, but it was all good. Uh, but with that, y'all, we're going to say shalom. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.